Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my first guest, Cherish Heart with the American Heart Association. Cherish is here to provide some guidelines for food donation items, something that many of us do to a greater degree at this time of year. Cherish Heart, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Yeah, good morning. You know, it's uh, very interesting. I'm wondering if you, working for the American Heart Association, have people say to you, what a perfect name you have to work for the Heart Association. Well, maybe a time or two, Kate. (laughs) Yes, it does tend to come up. (laughs) Well, it's a beautiful name, but I just couldn't help but note that, uh, you know, this just really makes perfect sense. You're in the right place for the right work. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. Well, see, all is good then. So we are here, though, to talk very specifically around the Heart Association, but food and food from the perspective of how we might make this holiday season when we know that it's a time that we make food donations or perhaps it's monetary donations, which is all really great. But uh, if we are inclined to do the food itself, to know what we really should be focused on to make really good, healthy choices for those who have food insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So how is the Heart Association looking at this, Cherish? Well, we think about nutrition security overall because if you don't have good nutrition, it's really hard to have a healthy heart and a longer and healthier life, really, which is our mission. So we want everybody to have access to healthier meals, and not everybody has the ability to afford access to nutritious foods, which is really important to have more access to healthy foods, which then can ensure that you're less susceptible to chronic disease such as diabetes, high blood pressure, even things like tooth decay, which can contribute to cardiovascular disease as well. And I think with that one in particular, but it applies to all aspects of our health, is thinking of those very sugary cereals that are really marketed towards our kiddos. Yeah, sure. Of course, yeah. And the sugary beverages, of course, are a big Mm. culprit with that as well. And then, you know, even you think about things like the little crackers that you might eat. Those carbohydrates turn into sugar on your teeth and that can cause other problems throughout your system as well. Yes. So this is great that we're really consciously looking at this and then talking about it and helping people to consider this, certainly in terms of our own purchasing for our own food pantries. But when we do want to make donations, the American Heart Association really has helped us by creating a toolkit on their website to guide us along, right? Yeah, we just placed this on our website recently. It's our Healthier Food Drives Toolkit or Stocking Healthy Pantries. And the concept was just to help organizations who are wanting to conduct food drives to think about it a little more holistically and have the tools that they need to conduct that food drive. So it's got everything from thinking about which organizations you want to support and maps of finding those to things like flyer templates that you can use and social media posts to help advocate for it. But also the other piece in there is some advice on 
what type of foods might be better to provide that would meet the nutritional needs of our neighbors. Right. So let's touch on them. So we know, of course, making a cash donation is a very simple thing. And food organizations, (laughs) right, can make purchases because they have some big buying power. Yeah, that's always a great way to start. I can't think of any food bank or food access organization that wouldn't be happy with a cash donation because they usually know best how they want to direct those food purchases and they can get those bulk buys. So that's a great place to start for sure. But we may want, particularly if we have children in our family, we may want to have that experience of shopping with them because we want to purchase something that we want to give to others who need it. So in that way, like you said, there is the toolkit, but perhaps you could kind of uh, give us some key points of what we should be looking for, Cherish. Yeah, that's great. You know, a lot of us want that tangible piece, and I love that idea of doing it with our kids. I know I can do that with my daughter as well. So it depends on the food bank that you're hoping to donate to. It's always great to check their guidelines. But many of them now are especially looking for donations of fresh vegetables and fruit, as long as they have the capacity to store those. And that's because that's what people need and people want in the community, right? They often have a hard time affording those through the other benefits they have available. So think about the fresh vegetables and fruit, even though we typically would be doing more of the shelf-stable items. If the organization you're donating to has the capacity, that's, that's always a great one. So that's a good place to start. But as we look at more of the shelf-stable items, you know, depending on the category you're looking for, you want to find things that are either low in sugar, low in sodium, high in protein value, and that also are utilizing whole grains as much as possible because we know all of those categories help us, you know, thrive in our nutritional needs. So kind of as a broad sweep, those are some things to think about. Uh, We could dive into those categories some more if you think that would be helpful for listeners as well. Let's see if we can touch on another category and maybe the canned goods. Uh, Yes, the canned goods, always a good staple to have. So when you're looking at canned goods, One thing I would look for is when you choose those canned vegetables and soups to look at the sodium levels in them. One way that you can, you know, often they'll be labeled low sodium or no salt added. Those are great options when you're purchasing a canned good because, you know, they haven't added a bunch of sodium to them. So that's a good place to start. And then the same thing with soups. Canned soups often have very high sodium in them. So take a look at the label and how many servings are in it and what the percent of the daily sodium, and you want to shoot for as low as possible. Another thing to think about with soups is that um, the more you can find ones that are ready to eat from the can versus those that are more condensed and need added water or milk, the better. And that's because many of those soup options, food organizations like to provide to unhoused individuals who may not have the ability to cook those soup products. And so that's another thing to look for in the soup. 
Well, I was thinking, yes, that's a really important distinction is that it's kind of a two-prong service in terms of there are people who have a residence, they have a home and they can cook, but the economy being what it is, have a challenge with being able to purchase all they need in terms of food. Plus, then we have the insecurely housed and needing food, and they are able to access the food banks too. So to think that there are those two paths that actually converge at the food bank. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and many food banks are putting together specific bags for that are you know called no-cook bags or something similar where they're looking for items that can fill the needs of individuals who you know, may or may not have the ability to cook something. So those type of items really help them in that process. And I was so interested to see, because it never occurred to me, that spices and herbs were on this list of items to provide. Obviously, that makes good sense. Yeah, you know, especially for those who are doing some cooking and all of us like to have spices and herbs in our cooking, right? And that also allows you to eat healthier because you're not adding a bunch of salt to flavor your food, but adding those things that really, you know, bring spice to your life and spice in your foods and you enjoy them more. And in terms of beverages, water is obviously a very good staple, but I don't know if it's readily available necessarily or not, especially during this pandemic time. And if people are living in shelters or even on the street, is water a good thing or what is the suggestion? It is actually. So bottled water, single serving bottled water is is very much needed and asked for by our food access organizations. Is that especially unhoused individuals, but also those who, you know, sometimes our house environments don't have the cleanest water available through the tap. So those are great things to provide is that bottled water, even sometimes the sparkling flavored waters, but just try to find ones that don't have added sugars in them where it's just like flavor and the bubbles, but without the sugar. And those are really valued by individuals as well. The other thing with beverages that I found really interesting and kind of a, oh, of course, was that things like the shelf-stable milk products, so there are small individual serving things of milk, those both in dairy milk and then also milk alternatives are really helpful for many food banks that are helping children with backpack programs because those can then go with, you know, their meal or their breakfast they're having, and it's easier for them to store and then provide them out the single serving. Definitely important and so great to have for children because sadly, they are part of the population that is struggling with this and to at least provide them some of that good foundation as a prevention really for their future is so critical. Yeah, exactly. And we're seeing food insecurity rates have gone up so much during the pandemic. Some of the surveys that just came back earlier this year showing that 27% of families in Washington had some level of food insecurity. And over half of those are families with children. You know, we definitely have to think about the kids in this as well. Yes, it's heartbreaking. And that's where we need to then think about 
heart in so many ways and really think about this time of year in particular when we think about giving. So do it in such a thoughtful way to consider not just providing any kind of food, but good quality food nourishment so that we maintain as good a health as is possible. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And one of the other things that we also encourage individuals to think about in this is when you're identifying a food organization to work with, try to find out a little bit more about their population. Find out what type of cultures, backgrounds they come from, what the needs are that they have. Just because something is considered healthy on our end, like what you're used to, right? Like kale is something I consider to be healthy and a part of my diet but that's not necessarily something that fits in all cultures, diets, and, you know, something they're used to eating and cooking. So it's great to connect with the organization and learn a little bit more about their needs. Great point, and it helps to raise our consciousness and I think helps us to just realize how we have such a broad spectrum of cultures in our community and so much to learn and to really embrace and appreciate. And so I think we've touched on the key things I'm trusting that we have, Cherish. Can you think of anything else that we need to add? Well, I did want to just mention the website of where they Mm. can find the Healthier Food Drive Toolkit. It's at heart.org slash Puget Sound. And once you land on our web page there, you would go to the Access to Healthy Foods section. And there's a lot of different information on that page, but within there, you'll find the Stocking Healthy Pantries Food Drive Toolkit that you can utilize. That is perfect. Yes. I guess that just presents the full package and uh, any other questions hopefully can be answered by going to the website. That sounds great. Well, yes. thank you for helping to share this message. And, you know, really that building nutrition security is really important for all of our health and especially those who are most vulnerable to social determinants of health and the impacts that they have. So thanks so much. You are so welcome. I really appreciate your taking time with us this morning, Cherish, to help us to take a look at this, really open up our eyes and also our hearts, so that uh, we can make our community healthier and stronger. Thank you, Kate. Now let's meet our second guest, Adrienne Alatowski, best-selling author of the new book, Clipped, a memoir about her life as an actress, then a mom, and during this period becoming an entrepreneur and now author. Lots of good insights for all of us. So let's meet Adrienne. Adrienne Alatowski, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Good morning, Kate. It's so nice to be here with you. And to be having an opportunity to speak about life, about young children, and launching really a whole new career and writing a book. Uh, Could your life be any (laughs) more filled? (laughs) It has taken some twists and turns, yes. When I first began, I didn't know that I'd be here, um, you know, talking with you about a book for sure. But that in itself, I think, is just what is uh, just such a great nugget of wisdom for us to realize that, oh, despite what everything looks like in the moment, you know, you just kind of take the next step and the next and see what doors open. And then voila, here you are with a new book. Yes. Yes. 
Yes, and it, it um, began because I was I had been an actress, and I suddenly went, oh, oh, I better make sure to get into the motherhood phase of life because uh, I don't want that window to close. And suddenly I had a baby, and suddenly I needed a product. I needed something to keep his blanket from falling off the stroller as we'd be, you know, just going up and down the streets trying to get him to sleep. And then I became a mom inventor. And I, you know, I saw that and I thought, isn't that amazing? It again underscores that whole concept. And this is to share your experience and others to really take that to heart, that that thing, necessity, is the mother of invention. Exactly, exactly. And uh, my book is called Clipped. And the tagline is, a mom invents a way to hold her life together just as the world falls apart. Because I was trying to solve this problem and keep my child, he, he only wanted to sleep if he was covered and it was nice and dark and I was moving. I had to be moving, moving, moving. <laughs> so my, I just thought, well, if anybody sees me, they think there's that crazy mom again, you know, because I would do all my errands and I would just hang all the groceries off the stroller and it would just be, I'd be pushing, you know, this like huge vehicle just with a baby inside <laughs> and uh and suddenly i thought wait a minute you know he keeps waking up the stroller the blanket it's, it's such a mess here and then there i was inventing a product and not knowing that it was a particularly challenging time to launch a product in 2008 and uh we didn't know how bad it was at the time so it took a few years for all that to play out and then i was able to write about the experience and have a few laughs about it after the fact. <laughs> yes, you have to. You have to. I mean, unfortunately, the children, they usually keep you laughing for some reason or another if it's not to, you know, tell you how awful you are and how wrong you are at everything you're doing. And you have to laugh that too. <laughs> yeah, but it was quite nice, actually, last night at um, Thanksgiving. My son actually acknowledged me, which I was like, oh, I was you know, going to break down in tears, uh, about my having worked so hard to create this business and then having worked so hard to write a book and that he was so proud of me. And so, you know, there are there are moments where you think, okay, I can live another day here. And acknowledge so. that yes. you are his mom and he sees this. So mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, you were doing the right things for him to be so wise. I guess so. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the credit. <laughs> yes. I, well, I think you, you ought to, Adrienne. As, as as well as for this wonderful product, because um, I think it kind of, there's a play on it with the title of the book, Clipped, because that's mm -hmm. what uh, what the uh, Blanky Clip does, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So the product Blanky Clip it was a soft, padded, child-friendly clip. It looked like a uh, there was a sheep, a bear, and a duck design, and um, so it was also something to play with for the, for the baby or the toddler, and then keeping your blankets on the stroller safely, um, and could go over the tray, and could go over tubing, and all of that, and um, and then the metaphor of being clipped by the time, and clipped by uh, the economic forces that were bringing so many small businesses down at the time, um, and just not knowing what was happening, you know, that the stores were closing and magazines were folding and just things were kind of tumbling down and not knowing why. And so I thought it was a good uh, story to write to, so that people could understand that time period and how it affected the person that was on the ground 
you know, building a business, being a mom, trying to keep her family together. My husband was laid off. And how did that impact us? And how do you keep, you know, the joy in the home and keep going and just figuring out, okay, this isn't working. So let me try this. And so let me keep trying other angles um, until I absolutely, there's nothing else for me to do. And, um, and then understanding so much that happened that was out of, beyond my control and um, to tell that story. So I thought there was something in there and something for, that's relevant for today and about pursuing one's passion and um, everything is cyclical and things come and change and there's different needs and there might be something today that somebody wants to bring to market or has an idea for and hopefully there's something in my book that can help inspire them to do that. Because be wonderful. Because really... This is so relevant in the time that we are living in and have been for nearly mm-hmm. two years now. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And whenever we're in a moment of crisis and we feel so alone, it, I think it's really helpful to read and hear other people's stories and feel connected and understand, okay, it's not just me and, okay, how did this other person do it? And I, I, I've always found strength in that, in reading other people's stories. And I thought, okay, it's my turn. I turn to tell the story and help inspire somebody else. And stories are really kind of like this backbone, I think, for all of us, that we are encouraged by it. It gives us some spark that uh, we just needed to take the next step. And I think that that's what you really are accomplishing with your book, Clipped. Mm, that, that's definitely my goal. And I was really grateful. I had a girlfriend at the time and... Um, she said, and I mean, she's still my friend, um, but she was so um, impactful because she said, I think you need to tell this story um, as a both catharsis, but as a cultural artifact of the time. Mm. And when we are able to kind of connect to another time period and another and say, oh, okay, so what, you know, this, this, this like, it's almost this too shall pass, right? So <laughs> this person went through this. And um and we are all, just all of us struggling to, you know, kind of look like we have it all together and, and do it on our own and, and all of that. But there's often so much we can get out of those friendships and out of support. And uh, if, you know, that, that I feel like is that's part of what the book is, is to offer that, offer that support to others. Yes, so that... With it, uh, and particularly, I think, if anyone were to get the audio version because you narrate it, right? I'm going to. I haven't yet recorded it, ah. but I absolutely will because my background as an actress, I actually used to record books on tape, and that's what we called it back then. <laughs> books on tape, there are cassettes. Oh my god! Um, but I used to do that for Scholastic for children's oh. books, and um, and I loved it. And I recently, um, at um, my launch party for the book, I was reading from the book, and there was a big response of, "You've got to record this," you know. And of course, because it's my stories, I know how to tell it and the tone and all of that. And so I'm looking forward to doing that. So that's that's a project that's coming up. Because, of course, now you need another project since you finished writing the book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. So the next one is to share. And I, I have a website, my name, adrianalatowski.com, and I'm writing on there and putting other musings and things about my experiences being a mother and navigating life and all of that. And there's information about the book and the journey about it as well there. So this, in retrospect, probably it was challenging, I'm thinking, going through it. But in retrospect, it was all the best things to do. Right, Adrian? 
Absolutely. And I think that whatever is that thing that is just burning in our bellies, right, that we just feel we have to do, um, is the right thing to do. And it may not turn out the way we think. It may have a different ending or, you know, the, uh, it may put us through a lot of pain and, uh, you know, suffering. But in, it, it, there's a reason we're doing it and there's a reason that idea came to you. Um, and so... I didn't know what I was doing when I began, and um, that I thought, okay, that's the point of, of telling the story, because each moment, you're just kind of moving to the next and figuring it out, and um, yeah, so it's it's always worth it to, to follow one's passion, and I really believed in it, and then I my next passion became the book, and there were so many obstacles just to, you know, it sounds so easy to say, oh, you wrote a book, but it means to actually sit down and put oneself in the chair and, you know, look at the computer screen and actually start typing all those voices in your head of like, who am I? What do I think? That, you know, I'm not a writer. Or what, who, you know, who cares about you? You know, all that thing that you have to go, okay, thank you for sharing. Thank you for really encouraging me today, you know, because those voices, that's what they do, right? <laughs> all they do is like tear us down. And then you just start writing. And then you have a little something and maybe they it with your partner and you say, can you read this? And you get a little encouragement or you show a friend and you get a little more encouragement and then you just keep going. And uh, eventually those pages come together and you have something called the book and you take it to an editor and, you know, just step by step, it, it actually happens. But um, there's so many reasons to, you know, to stop ourselves always. So I hope I'm helpful in that way in that, you know, and it, it, this was a long journey I mean, the book itself. It, I began typing 10 years ago. So it's not like it happened instantly. And just that first way of telling the story was a little bit maybe when a friend said, you know that part where you actually talked about like your relationship and your children and that, I really like that. And I, and I didn't even think that was going to be a part of the story. And then that ended up being what was the connector to people, you know, and I didn't know that. So just have to just start, just start trying and you'll get there. So that is a really critical piece. And I also felt as you were sharing this, Adrian, saying that you have to ignore those voices, the naysayers, that they're going to be there mm -hmm. squawking at you, but you just kind of have to shove them aside. Oh, yeah. And isn't that something that we're just born with that, that team to just tear us down in our heads? I mean, they're not there usually encouraging us. I mean, it really is an, an interesting thing. Um, just the human condition. So once you hear those things and go, oh, there they are again, you know, and now I have to just keep going. And um, and, and they're, they're all throughout the journey of, of the product, of even becoming a mother, of writing a book. Um, I, when I and, and it started from when I was an actress. If I had to make a phone call or call a, an agent or a casting director or somebody, a producer, and I would say to myself, and I'd be so terrified to pick up that phone and, oh, my God, and the heart starts racing and I'm sweating and I'm like, no, can I do this? And um, my mantra has always been, in 100 years, we'll all be dead. And so I say that to myself and I think, okay, so then just make the call. You know, just, what? Who cares? I mean, really, what is going to happen if I actually connect with the person? Like, will the you know, world end? I don't think so. So it, let's just try. And so that has helped me. And I certainly use that mantra as I was writing the book. And um, it, it just has helped me a lot. Oh, that's very inspiring. <laughs> and I think that that's probably something that can really speak to all of us in some way. But do you have any one piece of advice that you think is so important for someone who 
is a mompreneur? Well, I would say, so you have an idea and you're attempting to do something and you're going to make mistakes and let that be okay. You know, to not be afraid. So you're going to be afraid and then you go, okay, so maybe the first prototype isn't the one or maybe the first conversation isn't the one or maybe the first place you turn and look for money isn't the one. I mean, I had to keep navigating that and you you just go, okay, that wasn't meant to be and so now what's next? And there could be things that don't go right. You can make mistakes and it's really okay because the things that are the most gratifying are those things that you just fought for and fought for with all your might. And I just encourage you to do that. Follow what is just burning in your heart to do. That's beautiful. Really so super encouraging. Again, not just for moms and looking at a a, a new possibility, but for really, that's life advice for any and all of us. Mm, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when I was writing the book, Clipped, I thought, okay, you know, this can't be just a book for people who want to invent a product because that's not a lot of people. I mean, there's some people (laughs) who might fall in that category, but most of us are just living our lives, figuring out what we're doing and navigating parenthood and friendships and life and things that happen that are surprises and maybe we lose a job and maybe the economy is you know, spiraling out of control. So I really wanted to connect to people in that way. And that was, I felt, more important, a story. And along the way, you'll find out actually how to get a product into a big chain store. And um, that might be interesting, I hope. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, all of this is so interesting. And it's just really such a gift to be able to connect with you and have this conversation, Adrienne. So let's let people know again where they can find out more information and get a copy of this great new book, Clipped. Sure. Um, and so I have a website, and it's my name, Adrian, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, and my last name, Alitowski, A-L-I-T-O-W-S-K-I.com. And on that site, there's links to all those great sites. Um, the book is right now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and hopefully soon in an indie store near everybody. That's, that's of course, the goal as well, to get it into the bookstores near um, you know local shops. But for now, it's real easy to order online, and then you can find out more about my story and the product and all those fun things on my website as well. Yes. Well, again, many thanks for sharing the book, the story with us, but also for giving us more insights this morning, Adrienne. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Kate. really appreciate it. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Adrienne Alatowski and Cherish Hart and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Amish Dave and Emma and Beth Christofferson. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you want to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, Find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of considering this holiday time, how to make it a joyful time for each of us, for the community. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 1069. Good morning.